بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى ومن الناس من يقول ربنا آتنا في الدنيا وما له في الآخرة من خلاق ومنهم من يقول ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنا وفي الآخرة حسنا وقنا عذاب النار أولئك لهم نصيب مما كسبوا والله سريع الحساب وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أربع من أعطيهن فقد أعطي خير الدنيا والآخرة قلب شاكر وبدن صابر ولسان ذاكر وزوجة لا تبغيه حوبا في نفسها وماله أو كما قال عليه السلام وقال عليه السلام أربع من سعادة المرء أربع من سعادة المرء المرأة الصالحة أو كما قال عليه السلام صدق الله العظيم وبلغنا رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين لرسول رسائل جروج شريف اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم أما بعد Ulamai kiram, respected elders, dear brothers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught us everything that is necessary for our comfortable existence in this world and our everlasting success in the hereafter. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has even taught us how to ask of Him and what to ask of Him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention in the Holy Quran in Surah Al-Baqarah in the verses relating to Hajj and we have already entered the season of Hajj, Musa Al-Hajj. Al-Hajj wa ashuru ma'lumat. In that ruku Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of the practice of the people of jahiliyyah and ignorance that they didn't even know how to ask. When they supplicated, they said, وَمِنْهُمَ يَقُولُ رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَقُولُ رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا Allah give us this world. We want all the things of this world. But there'll be no share for them in akhirah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then shows us and teaches us the way of asking that how Allah's True servants, Allah's believing servants, how they ask, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us and teaches us that, that وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَقُولُ وَمِنْهُ مَنْ يَقُولُ رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنَا وَقِنَا عَذَابَنَا This is the complete and perfect dua. And this is such a dua that Sahaba say, that hardly a moment would pass or hardly an occasion would pass when Nabi Kareem sallallahu would not make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through these words. 
Even if a hundred times a day, Nabi Kareem Wasallam would include this in his supplication and his dua. Because it's the most comprehensive dua in the Quran and the Sunnah. There is no dua that is more comprehensive than this dua. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us what to ask for. وَبَنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَا Allah grant us goodness in this world. وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنَا Goodness in the hereafter. وَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ Save us from the punishment of the hereafter, the punishment of the fire. Ulama have gone into detail explanation what is the meaning of Rabbana Atina Fid Dunya Hasana. Allama Alusi Ramatullah Ali, the famous commentator of the Holy Quran, Ruhul Maani. He gives a lengthy explanation about what is meant by when we say Rabbana Atina Fid Dunya Hasana. What are we asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for? The goodness of this world. There are various things that are included or incorporated into the goodness of this world. What is meant? وَفِي akhirati hasana, Goodness of the hereafter. Many things are incorporated into asking for the goodness of the hereafter. So, this is the method and the way to ask of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This should become an ingrained practice in every person's life. That not a day should pass when we should not be supplicating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, especially with this most comprehensive wording of dua. And that is why we find that the most significant points of our tawaf, when we are between the two hajar, the two stones, ruknu yamani and hajr aswad, that is the time when we are we are taught and we are encouraged to read this dua in great abundance. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi akhirati hasana wa kina That part of our tawaf is the part of the greatest acceptance. That is the point when we should be reading this dua in great abundance. Because Allah SWT desires to give us the best of this world and the best of the hereafter. In one hadith, which is narrated by Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, the well-known companion, the cousin of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the young man who at a very young age decided that he needs to dedicate himself to the acquisition of knowledge of Islam, and he did not rely on the fact that he came from the noble family of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and that he was from the lineage of Quraysh and that his uncle or his his cousin was Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam his father was Abbas at a very tender age look at how wise how intelligent this companion is that he says to his friend, let us go and acquire knowledge from the seniors whilst they are around. Let us acquire that knowledge before they disappear from this world. 
and we don't have a source of acquiring the knowledge from because a time will come when they will not be any more and then it will be us that the people will rely upon for guidance if we have acquired the knowledge now then at that point in time we will be a source of benefit for the people the companion was playful he said Oh, we don't need to really do all this. There will be people that will take on the responsibility. But Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he was absolutely focused and resolute in his intention to acquire knowledge. And then with the greatest amount of diligence, dedication, reverence, and respect for this knowledge, and the people from whom he was acquiring this knowledge, he would go and sit at their doors, and he would not disturb them, he would even not even knock at the door, he would wait for his teachers to come outside, and they would see him, they would say, oh cousin of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, such a great uh, honor to be associated and related to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in such a close family tie, why did you have to wait outside? Why didn't you knock at the door? We would have been most happy to welcome you. He said, no, I've come for my work. And then he would acquire and acquire and acquire until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him a repository of knowledge that he was amongst the most learned scholars of his time and he was known as Mufassiru Hadihil Ummah, the commentator of Quran of this Ummah. At a young age already, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala who saw his potential, and he saw the intelligence and the capability of this young companion to such an extent that he would invite him to sit in the shura and the council of the senior sahaba. Some of them at times would uh, feel that why is such a young person being called to sit with all the seniors? He was just a teenager, perhaps in his teens, 15, 16, 17 years old. And he would be called to sit in the council of the senior sahaba. So Sayyidina Umar perceived that there were some kind of uh, reservations that the seniors had regarding this young man. Because they also had children of his age. And he was literally a teenager, a youngster. So why should he be given preference over all the others? But Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala knew very well that this is a person of high competence and he's striving to acquire knowledge and he has got a good grasp of knowledge and a good understanding of Islam. And so we find that on occasion, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala posed a question to them. Abdullah bin Abbas remained silent. He didn't answer out of respect for the seniors. But when none of them could give the answer, Sayyidina Umar turned to him and asked him, I'm not going to go into the details of the event. But he gave the answer and the correct answer. And they realized that it is on the basis of this knowledge that he has been elevated to this rank. So this very same Abdullah bin Abbas, may Allah make him a role model for the youth of our Ummah. 
that they should take these young companions of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam as their role models, and they should strive to acquire knowledge, and they should dedicate themselves to the best of their ability, following the footsteps of these great people, so that in the years to come they will fill the 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 the, the, the role of leadership of the ummah. And they will be able to guide the ummah. So this companion Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu ta'ala who narrates this hadith wherein Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned that the person who has been given four things, he has been given the best of this world and the hereafter. Arba'un man u'tiyahun faqad u'tiyah khayrat dunya wal akhira A person who has been given these four things he has been given the best of this world and the hereafter. That very thing we are asking for in Rabbana, Atina fid dunya hasana, wa fil akhirati hasana. Allah, we want the best of this world. We want the best of the hereafter. A person who has been given four things, know that he has been given the best of this world and the hereafter. These are amongst the best things a person could ask for and the best things a person could possess. And all of these things are not connected to the material worlds. These are all spiritual bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The real wealth of a person is not the financial assets and things that a person possesses. Those are things that come and they go. And they are things that we leave behind. But the spiritual wealth, that is what remains with us and that is what stays with us in this world and it will be the means of our salvation and great reward for us in Akhirah. So there are four things and all of these four things are related to the spiritual world. Four things Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned in this narration that قَلْبٌ shakirun, وَبَدَنٌ صَابِرٌ وَلِسَانٌ ذَاكِرٌ A heart that is filled with gratitude and shukr to Allah for all the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At all times, a person is immersed in shukr. Like they say, an attitude of gratitude. That is what defines this person. He's constantly having an attitude of gratitude. Mizad shukr Mullah Ibrahim Saab, our senior elder who was here for the ijtima mentioned that you, have, you must have a mizaj shukar, a temperament of gratitude. That your whole life must be filled with gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for every favor, every bounty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has conferred upon us. Never be ungrateful. There isn't a moment for ingratitude. Because we are drowning and drenched in the favors of Allah. How dare a person ever have even a single moment of ingratitude in his life. So, قَلْبٌ shakirun, A heart that is brimming with the gratitude and gratefulness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and appreciation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his ni'mats and favors. And the second thing that has been mentioned, وَبَدَنٌ sabirun, A body that is willing to bear hardships for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Difficulties, hardships, a person bears with this body. Sometimes he has to 
deprive himself of food, like in Ramadan when we are fasting. He has to deprive himself from sleep, for example, when he's doing ibadat in the nights of Ramadan and other nights. And exerting this body in Umrah and Hajj and going out in the way of Allah and striving in the path of Allah. So these are all actions that the body has to be accustomed to hardship and it is to bear these hardships with patience. Even sicknesses, illnesses, pain, these are things that afflict the body and a person must bear all of this with sabr and patience. That on this Allah SWT has promised great rewards. May Allah make it easy for all those who are ill and grant them full recovery, grant them shifa, those who are in pain, they're going through a lot of pain, bodies really aching, pains are afflicting them. Allah SWT give them sabr and make it easy for them to overcome these uh, the pain and the difficulty and the discomforts. But this is a ni'mat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have a body that can withstand all of this for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the third thing that has been mentioned, lisanun zakirun, a tongue that is constantly in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that at all times we're reading the masnoon du'as, which is a very high form of zikr, because this is directly from our beloved Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself, the whole day from morning till night, from the moment of awakening till the moment of sleeping, there are so many hundreds of masnoon du'as to, to read, and we are engrossed in these du'as, masnoon du'as, and we are engaged in the zikr of Allah, the various forms of zikr, tilawat of Qur'an is also a form of zikr, durood at salam is a form of zikr, tahleel, reciting kalima tayyiba, takbir, tasbih, tahmeed, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, allahu akbar, all these are various forms of zikr, to accustom our tongues to the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and to use this capital of life in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is a great favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us. Rather than using this favor of the ability of speech that Allah has given us, this tongue of ours in frivolous talks and useless discussions and back, backbiting people and slandering people and cursing people and condemning people and criticizing people. What will we achieve out of that? We are just giving all our hard-earned currency of akhirah. We work so hard, we made so much of sacrifice, we earned all these rewards, and we're giving it away for free to someone. It's like a person works the whole month, and then he gets his paycheck, and instead of taking it home and giving it to his uh, family to buy things for the house and so on, he takes it and he goes and gives it away to his enemies. And he say, you people make maja with it. You all enjoy it. He will say, he's a foolish person. He's earning hard-earned earnings. It's for his benefit. He's taking it and giving it away to somebody he dislikes. He will say, this is the height of foolishness. So therefore, let us engage ourselves in the zikr of Allah. 
that will be of great benefit to us in this world and it will be a source of great benefit for us in the Akhirah. Otherwise, if we are going to engage in these things, it is said on the day of Qiyamah, a person will come and he will be eager to open his book of deeds because he knew that he performed a lot of good deeds. But when he will open his book of deeds, he will get the biggest shock of his life that there won't be one single good deed in there. It will be blank, blank, blank. And he will be terribly shocked and disappointed and he will wonder what happened and it will be said, this is because of your backbiting of people. All your deeds have been taken and transferred into their accounts and you got zero in your account. Then the fourth thing Nabi Karim Wasallam mentioned is that a wife, Zawjatun, who is so good and pious, this is a fourth of the four blessings that is the best of this world in the hereafter. A wife who is not unfaithful to her husband and she is uh, very honest in terms of trustworthy with regards to herself and also trustworthy with regards to his wealth. She doesn't use his wealth without his consent and she's trustworthy with regards to herself. She is chaste and she's pure. This is such a big ni'mat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we should always beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah keep our wives on the road of piety and keep them on the path of piety and taqwa. And one other narration, Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Arba'un min sa'adatil mar'a. There are four things that are from the very good fortune of a person. If a person has got this, he has got everything. And the first thing Nabi Karim mentioned is Al-Mar'atu Salih A pious wife, a righteous wife We cannot put a price tag On a wife of piety She is the very great ni'mat and blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala She will assist him in this world And she will assist him in the hereafter She will assist him In acts of goodness and piety in this world and she will become a a protection for him from doing wrong things and committing sin in this world and earning the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hereafter. So, if a person's wife is not pious, for example, that doesn't mean that she must be rejected now and he must break his marriage with her. No. What he should be doing is he should make an effort to bring her onto the road of piety. That's his duty. By making dua for her, number one. And number two, try to encourage her to go into environments of piety. Send her for the programs where the sisters programs are taking place. Attending these kind of gatherings. So that she will be influenced inshallah by the pious women around her and also to create that environment of piety in the house by introducing talim and zikr and so on inshallah if the husband makes sufficient effort Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring his wife also onto the path of piety a nikah is going to take place now we make dua Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant the couple highest levels of piety and taqwa the khutbah of nikah is all about taqwa. 
all the ayats are about the importance of taqwa. And if they have taqwa, then they don't need anybody to monitor them or anybody to supervise them because taqwa is the biggest supervisor of a person. If you got taqwa, you, you, the taqwa supervises you and you will do everything correctly because you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching. So we make dua for them, Allah grant them a happy marriage, a lot of bliss, a lot of love, muhabbat, ulfat, barakat in their marriage. Allah Ta'ala protect their marriage from all forms of harm and uh, uh, any, any, any difficulties or problems. Allah Rabbul Izzat grant them good, pious, healthy offspring and Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala unite the families uh, that have come together as a result of this nikah. Uh, could we have the nikah parties to come forward inshallah Ta'ala? بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله قال الله تبارك وتعالى يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا وقال تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم النكاح من سنتي وقال فمن رغب عن سنتي فليس مني او كما قال عليه السلام محمد اكون محمد علي شيخ عبد الله who is the father of Zahra Sheikh Abdullah has given a hand to you in marriage with the Meher bin Bengals to the value that is agreed upon by the parties in the presence of the representative of the bride and is also the father of the bride and the two witnesses Muhammad Idris Abdullah Sheikh and Muhammad Bashir Ismail and indeed the entire congregation that is here on this day of Jumu'ah, do you accept Zahra, Sheikh Abdullah, in your nikah? Say, I accept her in my nikah. Nakahtuha wa qabiltuha. Barakallahu lakuma wa baraka alaykuma wa jama'a baynakuma fi khair.